Kyrie Irving dashes Knicks fans' hopes by committing to the Boston Celtics. And you think Kyle Lowry would take your call because he wasn't taking any from Toronto for a little while. And Dwight Howard already pulling a Dwight in Washington. It's the Wednesday Locked On NBA podcast. Let's go. You are locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Basketball is back. Teams are on the court. Media day has come and gone. And we get to talk about what's happening out on the floor. Guys are talking. We got it all covered. We are the Wednesday Locked On NBA podcast. I am John Corrales, co-host of Locked On Celtics. Reds Army underscore John on Twitter. And my work appears on Boston.com and RedsArmy.com. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake, And you can find my work over at LockedOnPelicans.com. So, Let's get into the first big story here today, Kyrie Irving. There have been rumors, speculation uh, throughout the course of the summer, and I've heard every last shred of it, that Kyrie wants to play with Jimmy Butler. And this is the only mention of Jimmy Butler that's going to happen in this podcast, by the way. So we're our Butler-free podcast, unless he gets traded in the middle of it, and then we got to stop recording and do it again. But for now, <laughs> it is a Butler-free podcast, other than... Kyrie Irving has been mentioned as a, a, a he and, and Jimmy Butler want to play together and blah, 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 blah. So Knicks fans have seized upon this, especially because both uh, Kyrie has had the Knicks on his radar in the past and Jimmy Butler reportedly had the Knicks as one of his teams. But Kyrie poured a whole lot of cold water on that over the past few days, telling Jackie McMullen that yeah, he talked to Jimmy Butler, but like not since 2016. And then saying uh, to everybody at Media Day that this is the place that he wants to be in Boston. And if you think I'm just the Boston guy saying, look, at Kyrie has committed. Well, listen to Kyrie in his own words on Celtics.com and you tell me what you think. You know, I just really thought it was important to make sure it's known that, you know, this this franchise is is really built for the next few years of being at the top tier of teams in the league. And um, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? I mean, you know, what more could you ask for from an organization to really elevate your game? And, um, you know, when you're on the long, when you want to be on the long, those same lines, same lineage of greatness of guys that have come before you, I mean, you know, there are times where I think about having number 11 in the Raptors hopefully one day. And, I mean, that's a dream, you know, so why not? You know, it wasn't so much coming out, but, you know, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. I feel that way about my teammates. I feel that way about this organization. So looking forward to the challenge this year. So Kyrie says this team is set up for the next few years. He envisions his uh, jersey up in the rafters, and that's just part of it. And he's he said three or four different ways, three or four different times, that Boston is where he belongs and basically saying that, He's he's going to be there long term without saying the exact words. I am going to sign in Boston when I get a chance. So, Jake, you're the outsider. What do you think of all of this? 
Oh, man, I could have so much fun here and get so much revenge because I constantly hear Anthony Davis to Boston rumors when he's never said anything like that. So, you know what? I think you should be nervous and you should be shaken <laughs> because him on the Knicks sounds so good. You know, he's going to go there. They're going to trade for Jimmy Butler. Then they're going to sign Kevin Durant. You've got Porzingis and Knox super team. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Then they'll sign LeBron and the Celtics are never going to win another title, right? That's how this goes, I think, because yeah. we can make it happen just by speaking it. No. Oh, so, I am like, so, I'm so scared. You should be frightened. Uh, no, like you, this is, so look, yeah, he's saying all the right things and we just have no reason to doubt him. You know, I don't remember him saying anything uh, as strong as this when he was in Cleveland before kind of shocking the world and he feels this, but He's a bit of an odd guy as an outsider to me. You know, the flat earth thing and everything. We made jokes about that last sure. week. So you got to wonder if maybe he, he could be prone to kind of a sudden change or shift. But again, when players say this, it's usually pretty strong and indicative of what they want, or at least in the moment. And that means, really, there's probably no link to the Knicks or any other team right now. Yeah, it's – and I hate to say that. Look, the Knicks are in a, a fine position. They, they don't have to make a move for Jimmy Butler and, and that's an entirely different thing. They still have money. They still have Kevin Durant, which the guys talked about on the Tuesday Locked on NBA podcast that they were kind of like, Oh, I don't know. Kevin Durant's not talking like he's, he, he's the guy. He's the star that might make the big move next summer. He's the guy that might be most connected to the New York Knicks, which I think there's more legitimacy to that. And we've talked about it here, Kyrie and Durant. You know, if Durant makes that move and Kyrie's like, oh, hey, then then I, I'm not saying it's 100%. I think there's a probably at this point a 90% chance that Kyrie goes back to Boston. And while I joke that the New York Knicks uh, have gotten a ton of bad news, they're actually still in a good spot and they could get Kevin Durant, which is better. You know, he's, he's at this point – Arguably, I mean, you're always going to take that wing player you know? over the guard probably in today's like NBA, I'd say. Yes. So, uh, and, and look, let's, let's talk about the Knicks a little bit. They, they do have Kevin Knox, who I think is, is going to be good at the very least good. Uh, they've got cap space. They've got a measured approach for the first time in a long time. When it came to the Butler stuff, they're like, you know what? We're not going to, we're not going to give up a lot of stuff and skip any steps. When there's uh, a possibility we can sign this guy later, and they have Porzingis who spoke at media day, said no timeline, but he's running, he's shooting, he's going to take it slow. There's no uh, protocol for a seven-three guy to come back from the ACL like he like he hurt his knee. So, I think the Knicks are actually doing the smart thing and not rushing along. Oh, they, 100% they are doing the right thing, finally, for the first time in a really long time. And maybe they have a direction. You almost kind of like the idea of them saying, hey, we're not going to go out and trade for anyone. We think we can sign in free agency, though maybe that's the, the proper move after what happened with Paul George and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So you never know. And speaking of Durant and them, look, you heard, if we're talking about guys making, like, strong declarative statements at media day, you had Draymond Green saying, hey, Hey, I'm going to be here for a really long time, referring to the Golden State Warriors. You'd Clay Thompson on media day or the other day basically say, hey, I don't even want to be a free agent. I want to stay here. Curry's under contract. Durant's 
kind of the only one that's not kind of speaking in those very strong tones and phrases and all of that. So that maybe gives you kind of a little bit of reason to pause. And if those guys, you know, in terms of Clay Thompson and Draymond are saying we're not going anywhere and now Kyrie's saying it, I guess we got to kind of fall in line with that and say Kyrie's not going anywhere. Yeah. And today, uh, after a scrimmage, he talked about having Gordon Hayward back and I'll, I'll read the quote because it, Everybody wants to talk about who Kyrie wants to play with. Gordon Hayward, people forget that he wanted to play with Gordon Hayward too. So he says, in 2014, I was his host in Cleveland when he was a restricted free agent. I met him and Robin, his wife. Then, and I think we were able to play together now, one year taken away from us. We're just making up for lost time. He's so talented. I'm a big fan. I was watching his highlights yesterday, so I can't wait to see him play. That's just a, a strong sign that all of the stuff that speculation, I really do think, my honest opinion, is that Cleveland people were feeding a lot of this because they were pissed off that he left and they 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 had that bad taste in their mouth, and they they just whenever they were asked, they had a very negative approach. And Kyrie is at peace in Boston. He said he's at peace. He said he's comfortable. So it seems like seems like he's there for the long term. So that that eliminates very likely eliminates one big name from the the mix next next summer when half the league is a free agent. So, but. And there's a lot of cap space out there too during that time. This cap goes up by what eight million dollars next year. Yep. Uh, and some of these bad contracts come off the books. It's it's going to be a great time to be a free agent. But my only thing about that, as a side note, there's so many guys. It's 46, I believe, guys signed one year contracts this year. So I mean that's that's a big percentage of of the league. There's only 450. Players in the league, on top of everybody who was already slated to become a free agent, yeah, throw another almost fifty on top of that. There's a lot of guys that are going to be out there looking for money next year, so it'd be interesting to see how that all pans out. But uh, again, for the Knicks, I think the Knicks are are still well positioned. They're smart to take their time. You got to wait to see what happens in Toronto, but and we'll talk about Toronto after a short break. Toronto just got. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. We have to see what happens in Philly. Is Philly going to make a move? Are they going to go for uh, Jimmy Butler? Boston, what's going to happen in Boston? For the Knicks to try to contend at this exact moment, that's tough in a division with those three other teams. So I I give props to the Knicks. I'm going to sit there, a team that I've been beating on my whole life as a Boston guy, I give props to the Knicks because they are taking their time and they're handling their business the right way. So... It's just probably not We're not killing him on this podcast, this episode, when we normally do. So, like, that's a really big step right there. The Knicks have earned a lot of their criticism over the years. And so, in in the interest of fairness, when they start to build a team the right way, uh, this, they deserve the, the accolades. They are taking their time and doing it right. They, and Brooklyn, for the same, for, for that matter, is sticking in the Atlantic Division. Two teams that are, Seeing the value of building through the draft, don't make any big mistakes that can set you back forever. So it's smart stuff. So good for them. Good for you if you are an NFL fan and you are a Locked On Podcast Network fan because, man, that marriage is coming along nicely. The Locked On NFL podcast is becoming everyone's favorite daily national NFL podcast. 
Monday, the local experts, just like we do on the NBA, with the biggest stories of the week. Tuesday, former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels joins Matt Williamson. Wednesday, Mike Rinner of Pro Pro Football Focus. Thursday, Mike Sando of ESPN. Friday, Matt makes his picks for the weekend. So subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. Things do not look entirely rosy in Toronto. We're just talking about that a little bit. Toronto has Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard came out and spoke and laughed. And laughed. (laughs) But nobody was laughing at Kyle Lowry. And according to uh, TSN Canada, Kyle Lowry, uh, and this is from Josh Lewenberg, I'll read directly. Kyle Lowry had declined comment on the trade of his close friend, longtime teammate, uh, at USA Basketball Minicamp in Las Vegas over the summer. That was overblown, not a direct concern to the team. As Lowry correctly pointed out on Monday, he's never made a habit of speaking to the media during the offseason. Of greater concern, per league sources, Lowry had also been dodging calls and texts from team officials, including President Masai Ujiri and new head coach Nick Nurse, who Lowry had said he only spoke with briefly right after Nurse was promoted in June. Is that concerning to you? Jake. Yeah, I'm not thrilled. If I'm a Toronto fan, I'm not exactly thrilled about that. You want kind of your guy who's at times been the heart and soul of that team along with DeRozan to really be on board and to be excited. And, you know, if you're trying to put the recruiting efforts on Kawhi Leonard and kind of get him to re-sign, you'd probably like your now one star that you have left on this team to be texting him or talking to him. And it's supposedly they haven't spoken until media day yesterday. So, you know, you kind of look at this and you're like, not great, Bob. And, (laughs) you know, like that's just kind of my initial reaction to it. Maybe this is just how Lowry is. And this is kind of business as usual for him. But even then, if you're Kawhi Leonard walking into this, yeah, you're going to give off a fake creepy laugh because things were probably kind of awkward on your first day. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. Um, it happened so long ago at this point that I would think that Kyle Lowry is yeah, – I, I shouldn't say over it. Like he, he worked hard to get that relationship to where it was, and it sucks to see a friend – Get traded. At the same time, this is a business and, you know, Kyle Lowry's been traded. He's, he has experience with the business side of this. At the end, he's also under contract for over $30 million for the next two years. So he really has to get used to it because no one, no one is going to take a nearly 33 year old point guard who has some questions about whether he's on the backside of his career. Yeah, that's a big factor too, actually. Yeah, making 30-plus million dollars a year for for two more seasons, this season and next. Kyle Lowry, I'm not saying he's just going to sit there and fall in line, but I think he does have to have some self-awareness and say, I'm going to be here. I can't demand a trade. The he, He is not untradeable because we've seen nobody's untradeable. But they're they're not going to be knocking down the door for for Kyle Lowry. He just makes too much money. He's a good player. I love Kyle Lowry as a player. He just makes too much money, and he it's on him as the guy that's been there with a new coach 
with this kind of last gasp for Toronto, it's on him to reach out and say, all right, let's, let's figure this out. I'm pissed that you traded DeMar. I'm pissed, but we got to make this work and he's got to figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. And, you know, I think they had a lot of shakeups and it, I think the other thing you've got to really be concerned about is with those shakeups, how does this all kind of look to outsiders where all of a sudden your, your main guy there now isn't talking to your new head coach, isn't talking to your owner, your GM. Uh, you've got potentially an unhappy superstar who doesn't want to be there and is just kind of going through the motions. And if you're a free agent and you look at this, do you want to go play there? Because I don't know if that's how, you know, I don't think you're really going to be thinking that and being like, yeah, this looks like an awesome situation. And then you kind of look at everything else with it. And it's like, if Kyle Lowry's not believing in Nick Nurse, that's just not a good look for anyone on this team. Yeah. And it's, look, Nurse has been around for a while. So I would think that they have a, a decent relationship. There is a very strong possibility that Kyle Lowry is just, just, he, he's just pissed and he, he will get over it. Uh, yes. And we're, we're, it, this is not a sign of, you know, the, the toilet swirling in Toronto, but Toronto to me is one of three teams off the top of my head, along with Washington, which we'll talk about in a minute and Portland that is kind of on the edge that is right there and has gotten just about as much as they can out of this. And if they can't turn a corner, then it's all bye. Goodbye. It's over. You know, they've got Kawhi for one year. This is their chance to. This is why they made all of these moves. It was, they blew up something. The, the, the team won what? 59 games last year. Their coach won coach of the year and they fired him because they are so desperate to just like you said, get over that final little hump. And yeah. <laughs> So, uh, if, if they can't convince Kawhi that it's worth committing to the Raptors long term, because if, if, if Kyle Lowry is unwilling to reach out and, and be that guy, then the whole thing, it's all over. It's all over in Toronto. Forget it. And now I say Lowry becomes tradable next season, even though he makes as much as he does. I think, I think on a, an expiring contract, it's a little easier, but 33 million, whew, it's a lot of money. But they, that, that's, there's no future there. They, they, they move Lowry, uh, uh, uh sorry, Kawhi is gone, figure out something with Ibaka, uh, then who knows, then who knows what? Then you wait for the young guys to kind of mature and you, you rebuild around those guys. That's it. But in, if Kyle Lowry can reach out, and again, I, it's, this is a very critical segment of Kyle Lowry. Well, just in terms of, not in terms of on-court stuff, we both love him, no. I would assume, and I'm with you, I think his contract, anyone on an expiring is probably tradable, um, but I don't know, it's just the optics of this all look yeah, really that's what it is. kind of bizarre, yeah. That's what it is, it's the optics, and they look, he could come out in, tomorrow and, and change change his tune and, and be like, no, that, that, that was not a big deal at all. And they could completely wipe, wipe their hands clean of it. Be fine. But if not, if he, if he's pissed and he stays pissed, then, then Toronto's in a lot of trouble because they're going to have to blow it up. And, you know, a team that won 59 games last year is going to be, and, and is seen as the primary challenger to the Boston Celtics in the East. 
there it, it's just not going to work. So we'll see how that all pans out. In the meantime, I am going to implore you to subscribe to this podcast, Locked On NBA, because we never went away all summer long. We were here. Jake, me and you, every Wednesday, except for like one when I had to get you to somebody to fill in for you. You were on a plane. We we toughed it out. We made some content. I still can't believe you didn't podcast from a plane. Where's your, I, I'm just, I'm just where's not your commitment? Com- I, I know. I, I'm sorry. But there are a few national podcasts out there that say that they're daily and put out during the season daily, but only, only. The Lockdown NBA podcast was here Monday through Friday for you all off season long. We are that committed to you. We have every Monday the local experts on the biggest stories. Okay. And then stay with us, the Lockdown NBA podcast all day, all week long for a daily 30 minute podcast on everything going on in the NBA. Follow for free Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast locked on NBA. So we just talked about the Toronto Raptors and I put them in a category with the Blazers and the Wizards. I don't know if you agree, but Dwight Howard, they made the move for Dwight Howard in an effort to settle the chemistry down that John Wall and Martian Gortat were butting heads at Gortat's play kind of was starting to drift off. And so they thought, let's move on from him. Let's bring in Dwight Howard as a guy who can kind of fill a, a more athletic role similar to Gortat. And let's see how it goes. If it doesn't work, then they're in trouble too, I think. And now report today that Dwight Howard is day to day with a, a back injury. Nothing serious, but that back is flaring up on him. On top of that, he is in this feud with Shaquille O'Neal talking about a roast battle and Shaq just completely shut him down saying, I only battle champions, little man. You ain't in my division. You and Charles Barkley division focus on getting that ring brother, which kind of savage, but. And is it going to happen in Washington? It's not going to happen. Did <laughs> you just want to throw it out there? Like let's be savage too. Yeah. Um, and none of us are nearly as savage, by the way, as Steven Jackson was last week. Oh, my God. That's a whole other thing. But <laughs> are, th- this isn't, again, just like Lowry, not not the hugest deal, not a big deal. But considering it's Dwight Howard, considering his history, Jake, is there anything in you that says, oh, no, not again? Yeah, like it's it's not. Is there anything in me? It's is everything, everything screaming that yeah. all at once? Like, look. So Dwight Howard goes into the Hall of Fame. I think that's a safe thing to say. As weird as it kind of sounds to say out loud, like you kind of look at his resume and in his prime, that dude was very very good. It wasn't on Shaq's level, but he was an absolute monster. And since then, since maybe the the, the trade to the Lakers, everyone just wants this dude to shut the hell up, and he won't. And it just keeps going like this. He was breaking out like the dad jokes and everything at Media Day I saw. And it's just like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm sick of it. I'm like sick of his, his shtick that he's doing here. And it's not even that bad. It's just, 
he hasn't lived up to all of what he did, and that made him a Hall of Famer. And now he's kind of been run out of a couple of teams, it seems like, and no one really wants him or knows what to do with him. And it's just kind of, like, annoying now. It seems like he's more important focused on this than being a really good NBA player. And at a certain point, it might be fun for a season when he's talking about how the private planes have the candy he likes and stuff <laughs> on there. But now I'm just annoyed. Yeah, I, I think we're at a point – I'm definitely at a point where everything he does annoys me. Like, um, unless he just seriously just stops talking and just focuses on basketball, everything he does annoys me. So I'll put that out there up front. But there's a reason why it all annoys me. Because it just continued behavior, this clownish type of behavior. Day one... He was signed, and he said all the right things, and the Wizards became the latest fan base to talk themselves into Dwight Howard. Then, Media Day shows up, and here he's got the, the back issue again, which you can't help, but he's talking about Instagram rap battle beef. Like, can we just like, focus yeah. on basketball, please? Can you just focus on that one thing, please? Like, you, you've got to wonder when John Wall and Gortat completely clashed that, is this just going to get old on that team quickly? And is John Wall going to be like, I, I hate this dude? Maybe he won't. I don't know. That's pure speculation. But I'm pretty sure if I was John Wall, I'd be like, okay, screw this. I'm done. I can't handle this. Like, you've got to get rid of him. And it's just, you know, you expect to see this maybe when their season's kind of taking a turn for the worst. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like, well, what else do you focus on? And everyone's kind of starting to mentally check out and not try and go and be the best and all of that. But I don't know. Like, this shouldn't be a big deal. This shouldn't bug us. And it just completely, completely does. That's cl- And that's what Dwight Howard is. It's a bunch of stuff that shouldn't bother you. And and if I'm sure plenty of people listening, Wizards fans listening, would be like, you got to be joking. you got to be kidding me that this is bothering But – you have to understand from the outside, this, this is bothersome. It just bugs me. It's you, not- you can legit hear it in our voices yeah. right now that just talking about this is kind of annoying. It is. It's, that's just, that's all it is. It's annoying. It's just annoying because it feels like just another, here comes Dwight being immature again, just being immature. I get that he's got a certain personality and that's just how he's going to be. He's the dad joke thing. Like, okay. Yeah, he's, he can't help himself. That's his personality. Fine. But some point, there's gotta be some level of self-awareness. You just gotta understand that, that, that shtick is not wearing thin and this is, he's the key. He is the key. Forget that John Wall, Beal, all this. The, the talent that they have is, is super, they got a lot of talent is basically what I'm trying to say in a very poor way. Dwight Howard is the the glue, the thing that's supposed to keep it all together. He's going to be the rebounder. He's going to be the pick setter. He's going to be the defender that gets him out on the break. If he becomes Dwight Howard of yesteryear, last year, if he becomes disruptive at all and doesn't take things seriously, if he becomes the guy who wants the ball in certain spots and is taking shots he shouldn't take and taking offense away from the guys who should score, John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, uh, Kelly Oubre, if he becomes that, then the whole thing falls apart. Then John Wall goes into ISO mode, 
everybody starts sulking, and we, we're going to have a serious problem in Washington. And it's a too talented a team. These guys should be right up there in the mix. Second, should third, be. East, in the East, they should be right up there. If Dwight Howard isn't Dwight, if he's not the right kind of Dwight, they're, they might be down in the fifth or sixth seed. So let me ask you this, because I'm curious. You know, they asked him, do you, do you envision taking threes this year? And then he made that joke. In his career, which is how, how many seasons? I should probably look that up. In his career, he's taken 63 three-point attempts. He's played in the league for, I don't have it in front of me, for a while, uh, 14 years. What's, what's the over-under on three-point attempts we see him taking that are, like, legit three-point attempts, not, like, heaves as the shot clock expires or anything like that? I – is it, is it, no. how's this? You don't need to put a number on it. Is it over more than it, are you going over more than it should be or under? No, no, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. If he, if he takes a three, that's going to get shut down fast. There's, he's just not, his career high three point attempts is seven. Which seven. He, which he's done multiple times, including last season. I don't, I don't have the stats where, how many of those are heaves. If he takes, okay, fine. If he takes five all season long, that's fine. That, that's going to happen. But they all better be heaves. If he lines up for one with 13 seconds left on the shot clock, then pull him out, trade him, get rid of him, cut him. <laughs> so just send him immediately that's to it. the Hall of Fame and that's he won't it. play yeah, anymore. He's done. He's done. Cut him. All right. Sorry, Washington fans. It's, <laughs> we got to rag on some team on the podcast. I know. I know. And it's, it's just Dwight pulls it out of me. Even the smallest things, it's at this point, the weight of it all pulls it out of me. We're going to wrap up this podcast right there. I want to thank everybody <laughs> for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, please do. Like we said before, uh, it, it really uh, is a good podcast to listen to on a daily basis, about a half hour or so, and uh, a bunch of good shows, and we really appreciate you listening. We appreciate a good rating, a five-star rating, a good review helps us out. And... Share the podcast. Tell your friends to listen to Locked On NBA Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.